Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. All right. Where are we starting with this? Last week, we were looking at the book of Hebrews, and I was showing you scriptures. And the scriptures were emphasizing for the Hebrews to stand strong in their faith, to not let go of their confession of their faith. I mentioned how the Hebrews, being Jews themselves, these are Jews, these are people that are highly educated in religion that does not connect with the new covenant. But they have a training in their lives that's a religious training and a religious view and understanding of God. Once they receive Jesus in their lives, they have to release and let go of that religious training. Now, in understanding of our day we live in, we receive the Lord religiously passed or not, we receive Jesus, but we still deal with the things that we've been trained in. Whatever those things are, you know, we, we, religion or the, or the picture or definition of that word, you're, you're usually looking at a church with stained glass windows or whatever. But religion is everything and anything that's tied to information that requires legalism or works or, or anything that, that dictates you have to perform for God. Whatever that is, I don't care what religion it is, uh, uh, what the name of that, the religion is, it doesn't matter. But when you look at the new covenant, you look at the new testament, you recognize that there isn't anything that religion has to offer that God wants. And Jesus made that very clear. And by the way, the highest level of religion or the highest level of the pastors of that day, Jesus called them children of the devil. So that shows you the information they had, though it is information that started with truth in their understanding of God's word to them, but they added to it. And that adding to it created something that was so far away from what God wrote in the Old Testament. But that's what these Hebrews were trained in. That's what they were taught. And how does it make it relevant for today is, is that here we are, we've received the Lord. However long you've been serving Jesus or been with him or how short, it doesn't matter. There's this place in our lives where we're, 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 we're confident in what we're hearing. We're, we're getting this word in our lives. It's impacting. It's doing a lot of things. But see, then we go out and we're, we're, we're living life on Monday. And we're going through this week out in this world with the information we have. And we're either allowing that word to be impacting for that day or that week, or we're not. And what happens is we start becoming weary or heavy because Jesus said, you're, you're going to have pressure in life. You're going to have 
uh, persecution. Now, you think persecution is someone is attacking you because you go to church. That, that, yeah, that is a persecution, but that, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about persecution by you to you. See, the word says that the greatest offenses, the greatest persecution that takes place is the word. And that word you receive is being fought against by you. Now, of course, there are other people involved and there are other people that, you know, are trying to, uh, you know, get you to believe their viewpoints or opinions. But the truth of the matter is, is the battle's here. The battle's right here. And so in life, you're living this life and you're, you're going through, you know, I go to church and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And all of a sudden you start getting heavy and weighted down. And in that place, you start small questions. What ifs? Because there's a whole lot of information that's saying, quit this thing, quit this thing, quit this thing. Whole lot. I mean, it's all out there everywhere you go. Even Christians are even trying to get you convinced. Ah, the word, you know, not all the word, not all the word. You know, the Bible, it's pretty old. You see what I'm saying? And so we can get where we're like, ah, all of us can. But we're we're moving forward. We're doing the best we can. We're, We're like, okay, okay. Now see, Hebrews, the Hebrews... They're dealing with some issues where literally the, the writer of Hebrews, remember I said, we're not sure who it was. You know, most want to say Paul and, you know, Barnabas and Apollos and whatever. I, it doesn't really matter to me because I know all scripture, everybody say all scripture, is theonustos, God breathed. So, so God wrote it. Whoever, whoever was doing this, who cares, you know? It's, it's, it comes from God himself. That's why it's a, a word that works thousand years ago and today. Because God isn't up there heaven going, man, these 2000s really freaked me out. I didn't know this was, it was going to be this way. I got to change my Bible. See, that he's God. And people are people. You know, if you read the Old Testament, you know, we look at today's age, we're going, how could they do this? That's disgusting. How could people make choices like that? Man, if you read some of the Old Testament stories, they'd freak you out. You got to put triple X in some of those things. I'm serious. I mean, so, so I remember there have been times in church, in church, where I'd bring up a story and people would look at me like, that ain't in the Bible. And I'm talking about some freaky stories. I could tell you some freaky stories in the Bible. Where you're like going, what? Those are Jews? Ooh. But, but it's all there. So what am I saying? I'm saying nasty's nasty has been nasty and nasty. It was ugly and nasty back then. I mean, deep ugly nasty. And what we're seeing today is nasty, but believe me, I'm telling you right now, they had cities in Israel that were the whole city was that way. So don't look at the day and times and go, oh, evil's way worse. No, it ain't. It's just how our perspective is based upon how we're living our lives. I don't really care. People are people. But I'm here for that purpose because people are people. And God's wanting us to show 
that you don't have to be that people. You can be a different people and have a different life, a life filled with hope, a life filled with confident expectation. So you're in this morning and, and, and you're dealing with life. I get that. But I want you to disengage from religiosity, your Christianese. I want you to get rid of it. I want it out of here. I want you to live life according to Jesus. And I'm telling you, he don't lie. He says, I've set you free. And there's a whole lot of you out there. You're not living a free life. And I'm telling you the reason why is, is not because of, you know, uh, because I keep screwing it up or I keep doing this. No, because you're not believing in what you should be believing. My goodness, we all screwed up. We're all screw-ups. My transformation, my change isn't because I just became a better person. I just started believing differently than I used to. That's all. That's, what's, that's what made me where I am today. I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to believe that way anymore. But it's not one belief. With my life, it's been quadrillion beliefs. I got to, I still got to change. But I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. Why? It's just like that song we sang. You know, God's, God's with me no matter what. It's not like faith. Faith is something where, this is, what I like to do here is I like to bring reality and common sense. And I do that by just making pictures or, or, or information that gets you to think and go, wow, that, that is true. Or that, that does make sense. Or that, and what it does is it gives you the ability to, to take this home. If, it, if I wrap it in a, the, a religious, you know, sermon, but I wrap it in, you know, a good, you know, Christianese commentary, it's something where it becomes irrelevant. And what we want is we want something relevant. Why? Because we're dealing with issues, man. The economy, work, things aren't going the way we want it to go. I didn't get a raise. Actually, they're wanting to cut. And, and we're going through all this stuff. And then we're looking at the Bible in this way of, well, is it really going to work? I will go to church on Sunday, but, and that's what I don't want to happen. I don't want us to be that way. I want you to know when you're out there dealing with whatever you're dealing with, your marriage, your relationships, your jobs, your family, whatever it is, that God is with you for a reason. He's not with you to go, oh, man, I'm with you. Man, this is a really rough week, but I'm with you. What are you kidding me? God's like going, come on, be great today. Rule today. Let's go. Let's do this thing. And that's what the word says to us. That's what the word proclaims to us. It, it confesses this over our lives. But I've got to believe it. And so we're looking at the Hebrews and we're saying, they, the writer went chapter after chapter after chapter trying to convince them that Jesus is the greatest and there's no priest like him. Now, why would he talk that way? Because they were all about the priest. 
They're, this, they're moving in this position like, well, should we go back to religion? Should we go back to what we, we believed? I mean, we've been, we've been standing in faith and we've been, you know, we're, we're, I don't know. It just seems like things aren't working anymore. I mean, it was really good back there. And that's what we love to do. It was really good back there. You ever see people talk about, yeah, my high school days. And, and, and if you know anything about them, they sucked. But they act like it was so cool. Or life, they want to sit there, oh yeah, we did, you know, they, they, all they can talk about is how cool it was. Man, you should be able to talk today how cool it was, yesterday how cool it was. And all you can do is talk about your past and, and, and say how awesome it is. Man, you ain't living this life right. There ain't nothing that my past has on my life today. Nothing. It's a good, good, good life. Good life. And that's what I want you to be convinced of. Why? Because you need to be convinced. You need to have this faith that says, I don't care what goes on. I don't care what situation, circumstance comes my way. I'm settled. I'm settled. I'm going to be great today. I'm settled. And by understanding this book and, and we're looking at it, we're going, man, these guys are, oh, okay. Let's go to the beginning. All right, let's go to the beginning of this whole thing on Hebrews. See, because the writer says, let me see, Hebrews, where was I? Okay, these are, look, listen to this again. Now, He's gone through this place of guys, 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 guys. Jesus is number one. He is the greatest. There is nothing like him. He's the high priest over your lives. And in that, you need to know that you are now able to be boldly in the presence of God. So he's getting them. And in, in, in one part in Hebrews, he says, listen, you guys should be teaching. But I got to go back into elementary information with you because you're going backwards in ideology. But you should be teaching. How awesome is that? You should be able to instruct others, but because your focus has been turned, your eyes, your view has been changed to a, a different area, listen what happens. You become dumber. You went from, you should be a high-level instructor to where I got to get the baby food out. That's pretty bad, isn't it? I'm talking about some high schools right now here. Okay. You guys didn't get that. Moving right along. Let us hold fast the confession of hope, that confident expectation. Let us grip tight, hold it down, and don't let it go. Remember? The, what? Our confession, our belief. Now look what, it, look what it says. Without wavering, without being double-minded, without, without being in a position where, well, I, I believe, and I don't know if I believe, and I believe, and I don't know if I believe. The only reason why you're that way is you allowed another seed to enter in. Or you allowed yourself to present another growth. Remember, the, when we're talking about our, our soul, the area 
that guides us and leads us in, in, in this life. The ability to have emotion, communicate, process thought, and all that is our soul. Our spirit is, is where the completeness of all of God's word has already taken place. What happens is, is we're, we're not allowing that to become the thrust or force to our soul. Don't, don't say, uh, I'm walking in the spirit. In other words, my spirit's in control now, and I'm going to talk to you spiritually. Did you get that? I'm, I'm spiritually, I'm sending it to your heads. No, because we deal in the area of the soul. We're communicating through the soul. But see, the soul is this, this, you know, this mediator in between that's in there going, well, who's in charge? Who's running the show? That's why I get up today and say, be great today. God is number one. I prioritize him. And I communicate that. And I establish that picture for me to know what we're doing today. I command. I confess. I talk to myself. And by doing that, I'm letting myself know. Like David said, bless the Lord, soul. Nope, nope. Everything that's in me, bless him. That's what David did. He said, you're gonna talk to yourself, you're gonna command yourself. That thing is, is when we hear this in church, it's almost like I'm talking about something, you know, a fantasy-like but the truth is you do it every single day on the negative part. You confess, you proclaim, you command yourself in a lot of negative ways, but you are operating in faith. So let's you know, use the reciprocal of that, the opposite, and recognize the importance of what am I going to believe? Because you can be that powerhouse of confession because you already are. Everybody in here gets that. You understand it. You understand your ability to trash talk your own self. You have the ability to talk yourself down. You have the ability to believe, to, to confess those beliefs. Oh, man, I don't, I'm never going to make it. I'll never get that raise. I'm never, we're never going to have enough. I'll never be able to go. I'll never be able to do. You, you great in confession. You're great in that faith, in that confession. And then I say it in church. You're like, going, that's the Bible. You can't do that. Is that crazy? So what we do is we bring it down to common sense. Common sense is, man, you are a powerhouse. You don't know, you, you coming into this with great ability to walk in faith. You've just been doing it in the wrong way. But you've been confessing, you've been believing, you've been expecting. And you've seen it happen. What do you think fear is? Fear is a reciprocal faith. It's, it's believing in something that you don't even know it's going to happen, but you confess it. I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to die. You just speak it, speak it, speak it. And it hasn't happened. But you're believing it. That is the definition of the operation of faith. So don't go that way where, then faith, I can't do that. That's only for pastors. No, it's for you. If you're a believer, that's who it's for. Are you guys hearing me? Oh, I got three people going, yeah. All right, let's do this. He says, but recall, 
bring this to your mind. Think about this. Prioritize your thoughts. He says, verse 32 in chapter 10, recall the former days in which you were illuminated. Remember Fotidzo, that flash of light? And that flash of light it brings that impression. The time when you were hearing the word, and that flash of light. And it, and it left that picture where we get photo from. Fotidzo is where photo comes from. We get that flash of light in us. And the word of God's being taught. Man, I'd think back in my early times when I first got in this, and I'd hear stuff, man. It was like light bulbs. I was like a star in my own life. You know how you, you, you see uh, famous athletes or movie stars, you know, coming to whatever premiere, and the flashing lights everywhere? That's how I was in church. I come to church, sit down, man. Now, it's just me knowing this, but I'm like a star going on. I got, I got flashlight. This is so good. I'm hearing stuff because this is stuff I don't know. I wasn't brought up in religion. I wasn't brought up in Christianese. I didn't know nothing about any of this stuff. But man, once I got in it, it was, I was like a sponge. And then I went through tough times. And then I went through some rough situations in my life. And I know what the Hebrews felt. I know what they are dealing with. Because I've dealt with it. You've dealt with it. But see, there's your answer. So let's go to Acts and see the beginning. Because Acts, remember the, the Acts is the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. It's literally a history of the church, what's going on. So we'll go to the book of Acts. All right. That good with you guys? Um, God, where do I start? This beginning is so cool. There's so much good, good teaching and instruction in all this. Um, chapter eight is where we're gonna where, where we're going to, but let me let me tell you about chapter six and seven. Because it pretty much leads to eight. Now, this is in Jerusalem, and this is where the, the church is starting. This is, this is where they gather together, and, they, you know, and they're, they're building this church, this, this thing after Jesus went to the cross, he died, rose again, and, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and all this is going on, and the church is growing. But what happens is, is all of a sudden, now hear this, all of a sudden, it becomes there's some racial division, some prejudice going on. Now, that could happen in a church. Are you kidding me? It's a church. Happens anywhere people are. Amen? Wherever people are. You can discriminate wherever you're at. You can discriminate in church. You can discriminate at Jack in the Box. I don't care where you're at. You can discriminate, right? And they're having a problem with the passing out of helping people that need food and stuff. And what happened is the Hellenists weren't, weren't getting need. You know, they're receiving Jesus and they're walking in this, but they're not taking, take, taken care of. So the, so the apostles are like going, dude, I mean, people, we can't go start passing out food. I know you think pastors are supposed to come over your house and mow your lawn and take care of you and just pretty much do whatever you want them to do, but that's not the position of a pastor. 
My position is, is to do what I'm doing right now. Not this, but what it took for me to do this right now. And so that's my position. I, I'm to study the word and, and, and keep myself in the presence of God and his, his, his flowing of that word in my life so I can bring it here and we can all eat meal together. That's all, that's all I'm supposed to do. So they went, how are we going to go feed everybody now? We got to do this, and now you want us to do this? And so they go, bring us seven people, seven faithful, faithful people. This is so powerful because this is off the word of what I'm teaching, but this is one of the key understandings of leadership that people don't get because they think if I'm not up here with a title, I'm not leading. You don't know the Bible, so you ought not to lead anyway just with that attitude. Because once they brought these guys, Stephen being the most important right now, they said, this guy, this guy, this guy, and they all said, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Well, how could they be? They're not pastors. They're not leadership. They were just part of the congregation. They're just part of the group. What's going on in these people's lives? They're loving Jesus and operating in it. They don't care. They're not waiting for someone to go, oh, you're a saint now. They're going, no, I'm a leader. I'm a leader out there in that group. They pick him up and they say, all right, dude, let's go. And he said, they, they said what? We're going to lay hands on you and put you in the special ministry. Yes, what is this ministry? You're going to feed the poor people. We're too busy to feed the poor people. Uh, shouldn't I be preaching? Shouldn't I be called a pastor? Shouldn't I be leading? No, there ain't no attitude like that anywhere in Scripture other than people that shouldn't be in leadership. And so Stephen goes, bring it on. Then it says, Stephen, full of faith and power, started operating in supernatural, miraculous ministry while he's taking care of people, meeting the needs of people that had needs to be met. Looking at Peter and James and John and going, hey, guys, I got this. I got this. You do what you do. I need you to feed me the word. But I got this. I got this. And what was he seeing? What, who was this Stephen? He was Superman in the kingdom. He was in such a powerful position of his relationship and walk with God that the Jews and people that were being totally set free and receiving Jesus and even priests were getting set free. Stephen is leading the charge out there. And all of a sudden, they're like going, no, no, no. We can't have this guy doing this. He's impacting the world. He's impacting the world. Who? Stephen? He just helps feed people. You guys hear me, church? A title doesn't produce nothing. It's being known for your belief, your walk, your life. That's when you're leading. That's the greatest example I can give you of someone that's 
making a massive impact for the kingdom of God. And so he does all this, and all of a sudden they go, we can't deal with his wisdom. We can't overcome the information he has. So they get a few guys to lie about him and say he's blaspheming and he's cursing. And, and literally, they get these witnesses so that they can kill Stephen. This is crazy. So Stephen goes off on them. And so the whole ch the end of chapter 6, all the way through the chapter 7, Stephen's preaching the word. He starts with Abraham, and he goes through the whole history. He goes to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and he just boom, 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 boom. And then he goes, and you crucifying Jesus. And I mean, they're going crazy. They're like going, ah! Religion freaks with truth. I mean, they get crazy hatred. And now they want to kill. Now listen to me. This is crazy because all he did is quote their Old Testament history, which they're supposed to believe in. What's wrong with these people? These people are crazy. So they get them to take them outside the city and stone them. They're going to kill him. So Stephen's the first martyr of the church. And so they're taking him out. And as they take him out, this is... Well, I remember hearing this early in my walk, and it, it, it's a photo impression that I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget, just like the rest of the photo impressions I have in, in the awesomeness of God's word. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Stephen is getting stoned. No, not the stone you think. He's not that stone. Rocks are being thrown at him. All right? I know some of you in your past, you're like, going, what, man? He ain't feeling nothing then. So he's literally being stoned. And, he's, and he goes, God opens up heaven. And he sees heaven. And Jesus stands up. He, no, Jesus is like going, oh, dude, you are, you know, you, you being great today. He gets up, stands up. Can you imagine Stephen? He's like going, what, you standing up? And he goes, I see, I see the Lord standing up. And they're going, ah, kill him. I just, that's freaky. Is that freaky or what? I think it's so powerful. But so you have that. Now remember, we're talking about the Hebrews. We're talking about the, the church in Jerusalem. I mean, this is a banging church. Even This is where, where Mary, the mother of Jesus, she goes to this church. James, the brother of Jesus, is the pastor of that church. I mean, it's a, it's a hopping church. It's a big church. Are you guys with me? So they're getting the word. They're getting the information. They're growing and maturing. They're, they're getting taught good stuff, good covenant stuff, new covenant beliefs. And then we're at chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul, who was Paul, 
Saul was consenting to the death of Stephen at that time. At the time that this takes place, there is a great persecution. Everybody say great persecution. Now, I want you to understand, when it says great, great is the Greek word megas, which means massive. So anytime you see great, just in your head, think mega, mega, mega. So you automatically know this isn't just a normal size. This is massive. And then the word persecution, this word persecution is diokono. And it's an amazing word because when you think persecution, you don't see this word, but it literally, the meaning in the Greek is to hunt down an animal to kill it. And the, why is that so important? Because this is the Hebrews, the Jews are now being hunted down by Paul and his group. And they use this term because it isn't something that, oh, let's, let's go after these people. Let's take care of them. They literally have a mindset of people that are hunting down animals to destroy. Now we're looking at something different, aren't we? Look at verse two. Actually, let's go past. It says, they hunted them down and the persecution against the church was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered. Everybody say scattered. Throughout the regions. So, oh, Hebrews, the letter to Hebrews is this scattered group of people all over the region. They're not in Jerusalem no more. The, the, the writer of Hebrews going, hey man, get your faith going. Get your confession. Remember the photo picture of that church in the beginning. Remember when you sit in a church and, man, that's awesome. This is awesome. Oh, they're getting faith. They're growing in faith. Even in the book of Hebrews, it says, you guys ought to be teachers. Why? They got so much good stuff in them. Now they're being persecuted and scattered. Now they're far from where they started. And they're dealing with the pressure. They're dealing with the thoughts of, man, I'm a standard of faith and it's taken a long time. Does God even hear me? Does God care? I mean, they're doing what people do. What, what more do I have to do, God? I'm believing, I'm believing. I, I know what that temptation is to talk that way. The problem is, is if you want to be in faith, you don't want to allow yourself to talk that way. Zip the lip. Words are seeds, people, specifically to you. If you're challenging, if you're being challenged, if you're, if you're getting thoughts of, man, it's taking forever, don't speak that stuff out. Understand that you can have dumb thoughts. Right? And people can try to help you have dumb thoughts. Right? I, I remember, you know, standing in faith. Believing God for, for kids. Pastor Lyle, Pastor Lyle and I, on October 3rd, will celebrate 25 years of marriage. 25 years. We go to McDonald's. Eat big. 25 years. 
And I remember for years wanting to have kids, standing in faith, standing in faith, believing God, having all kinds of opportunities, me personally, in a big way, because I was looked at by Mayo Clinic and said, you can't have kids, can't. Not very hard, you can't. That's, that's what the reports of all their testings and all their poking and prodding, you can't have kids. And so I've got that in my head, as well as pastoring and having to deal with Mother's Days and Father's Days, celebrating all you having kids. Oh yeah, all kinds of challenges, baby dedications, things you don't even have a concept of a pastor and some of the challenges they have when they're standing in faith. And I had to continue to believe for you and confess for you and expect great for you and believe for you to have kids and, and, and seeing people have kids because Pastor Lauer, myself, praying, laying hands on people and them having kids. And those are thoughts where you can go, gosh, you know, but not letting it out. Opportunity, people, but standing strong. Standing strong. Knowing it's the will of God, no matter what the doctors say, no matter what the specialists say, no matter what anybody says. Hearing the testimonies of other people. Oh yeah, challenges and challenges. But we continue to stand and walk the walk of faith. We kept the confession. You see, I started looking at something like the, the, the Lord told Abraham. He says, you gotta start seeing something that you don't pay attention to. This morning, the Lord reminded me that for you guys. I, I want you to show this picture. See it? Interesting, huh? You know what that is? Look real close. Do you know what it is? That's like a billion stars. Just a picture of the sky. But because we know that the stars don't disappear, but you just take away all this light and there'll be a mat of stars that you can't even count. But they're right, they're right there. I, took a, I went, took a picture. Now see, I was already in the dark before that picture and I saw the stars. Now you all know, you know, living in Phoenix, there's only like 30 stars. <laughs> God was, he was really cheap in this area. But, you know, but we know that's not true because you, you go out the Flagstaff, it's like there's no open space. You don't even think of a sky. All you see is a blanket of white, right? 
You get up on the mountains, all you see, you, isn't this true? Anybody been up in the mountains to look? There's nothing, you don't see nothing but stars. If I took a picture up there, it'd be just white mat. But see, that's, that's exactly what y'all are looking at right now. You just don't see it because the conditions for you, but I don't care if you see it or there's conditions or not. There's a billion stars there. Okay, you can get rid of it now. You guys see what I'm saying? They're, they're all there. And so when I look at that and I remind myself, I go, you know what? That's, that's, what am I looking at? And so every time I was challenged or every time I had a thought or any time, I just stuck to the, my guns and my confession. And so what did I do? I, we did what we should do. Let's get a baby room ready. Let's get baby room. Let's get things put in there. Let's get things. Let's get this. We didn't wait for pregnancy because we are already pregnant. That the world, the, the natural just didn't know it yet. It was trying to figure out, wow, she must be pregnant. My body's going, well, she, I mean, look what they're doing. They, they must be pregnant. And what happens? Exactly what God's word said will happen. And not only one time, but two times of something that can't happen. It's, it's God. You can't quit. You can't give up. You can't throw in the towel. You can be great today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, you can be great again. But you better start believing that. You better start confessing that. Because here we have a picture where the Bible says, now look at verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. He's in Jerusalem. The Hebrews are getting saved. People's lives are being changed. It's been going on for a while now. And people's lives, just the word of God is impacting them. They're growing in faith. They're getting the word of God. I mean, it's powerful. And then Paul goes crazy. He goes off on them. I mean, Paul is like, he's aggressive in wanting to destroy the church. This Hebrew word, this is crazy. The Hebrew word for havoc Havoc. He made havoc. Is lumayonai. Lumayonai. My. Lumayonai. That is a picture. It's the word for an animal grabbing hold of a prey and ripping it to pieces. That's the Greek word. We look at and wrecked havoc over the church. He was an instigator. But when the Greek language is being used and you see it, this is evil. He is not going after people. He's going after to destroy and ruin and kill. And the Hebrews are the people that he's after. And it says what? It says he went into every house, dragging off men and women and throwing them in prison. That's a time to leave the faith. That's a time to quit this thing. That's a time to say, I don't know, is God's real? I mean, gosh, why would... That's what we would assume, right? But see, they're illuminated. 
they're illuminated. Remember what he said? Get back to that first illumination. This church that's being hunted down, where Paul is creating havoc, ripping these people to pieces, dragging them into prison. You guys ready for this? They all ran and hide. They all were scared. They all, they all, they all said, let's go, don't go to church no more. Right? Come on, right? Now let's see what they did. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. It exploded. People want to know, how'd, the, how'd we get in this picture? How'd, how'd Ephesus and Colossians, how'd these other books, how'd they get in there? Because these crazy Hebrews... They all scattered out. This persecution pushed them out to the world and they preached the word. Why? Because they were illuminated. Remember I said last week, I said illumination is gonna bring attack. You get information, it's the, the enemy, the world's gonna challenge it. Why? Because it doesn't want it to grow. They don't want that seed getting down in that good ground. It wants to rob you of your harvest. And now the writer to Hebrew, 20 years later, people, 20 years later, 20 years later. So from that day of being scattered, they must stand in the faith. They must speak in the word. They're impacting the world. They're making a difference. But now they're getting tired. Bible says, don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap. And so they're just pressing and pressing and pressing. And, and they don't have as much finances. They don't have the house that they used to have. Why? They, they got kicked out of all that. And now they're out there living with aunties and uncles, you know, whatever. And, 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 and they're just doing the best they can. And now they're getting a little, I mean, it was religious, but at least we had a nice house driving a good chariot. He didn't have to buy a used one with no AC. And all of a sudden, they start thinking about what people do. It wasn't this bad when I wasn't a Christian. The heck, it wasn't. You don't have eternal life. You can't guarantee anything out there in this world. So now you need to stand. And then when you've done all to stand, you stand. And you don't stop standing. And so here we have this, this, this beautiful picture where, where, where we see the destruction, the scattering, the impact that's taking place throughout the world now, and then them calling back to their instructors and saying, we're questioning, we're having a hard time, this is difficult. And then he says, do not forget, Hebrews 10. Don't forget your first time of illumination. And he talks about um, standing strong in your confession of faith. Amen? Recall the former days after your illumination. You endured a great struggle, did they not? Oh, yeah, they did. Why? Because that light was bigger than the darkness. Verse 35, do not cast away your confidence. 
I love this word confidence because we think, we think it's just, it's a mindset, but in the Greek language, it's literally blunt, bold speech. So it's tied to confidence, but it's blunt, bold speech. It's, it, it, it's like you, you see people, you know, that they're, they're really aggressive or are hungry to win. They talk that talk. Win or lose doesn't matter. They talk the talk. Now, I'm not talking about trash talking and all you do is throw up bricks and you suck. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about you have an attitude and you know, you know you've studied, you've prepared. Come on, somebody. You, you just ain't walking out in the game. You've been, you've been putting in Monday through Friday practice and, and going through all the, the things that is, are necessary to be successful. And now it's game time. You're out there on Monday. Game time. And you're secure in that. Why? Because you put in the work. I put in the work. I put on the work. I, oh, my gosh. Hebrews 11 after 10, which we're, we've been talking about, is a roll call of faith, heroes. And when you read Hebrews 11, it starts out, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he's going, he's going, listen, don't lose your confidence. Don't lose, don't lose that walk. Don't lose that illumination of the word that's in your life. And then he goes into uh, chapter 11 and he says, hey, now faith is, let me remind you what faith is. Faith is the substance of things confidently expected. So he's going into a whole different area to who? The Hebrews. Which means if he's talking to the Hebrews, he's going to bring up Hebrew information. And so he goes in chapter 11, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, faith, the belief, the expectation, the elders obtain a great witness. Verse three, by faith we understand that the world's, that, that's a terrible translation. It's not world's. It's aeon, which means a time period, like a generation. It's not like, and God created the world or created planets. That's not the word that's being used. It's talking about a specific time period in history. All right? And the reason why that's important is because he's talking about faith. So he says, by faith, we understand that the time period or the generation in their faith were framed. That word, what do you think when I say framed? A picture, right? Don't you usually looking for something like a framing of something? But it doesn't mean that. It literally means to bring a, 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 restore, a restoring or a change. So he says, by faith, the time, there's time periods that were changed or altered. How? By faith. Ooh, this is powerful. That faith can alter or change things. But he says, but faith is what? This confidence, this expectation, this conviction that this is God and his word. That's pretty powerful. Who's he talking to? People that have an excuse of quitting. 
people that are dealing with rough things, people dealing more worse than you ever could. So if they're going through things over and above you, can you imagine how awesome this is for you? Can you imagine you're dealing with it? I don't, I don't make light of what you're dealing with, but can you imagine that? This ain't nothing. With God, this is like going, oh, I'll wipe this off, man. Get this dirt off me. Time to be great today, right? He says what? He says the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. You want to you change? You want to change some things? Frame it. Alter it with the word. Because see, in this time season that I was living in, the word was you can't and it'll never happen. So I had to get in the word of God and the word of God says that children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of, his, of her womb is his reward and every promise of God is yes, And a man settled. And I started going, wow, what am I going to believe? A dumb doctor that can't heal nothing but can prescribe everything? Or do I believe God and his word that created me? And I chose to believe the Lord. And so I started altering. Pastor Lau started altering things. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to start altering. In this time, this season, this life you're living in. It's altered or changed by the word of God. So the things which are not, are seen, were made of things which are visible. Things that are seen were not made by the things that are visible. The things were seen were made by, and God said, and God spoke into existence. So I started saying and speaking in existence. And I'm not just talking about babies. I'm talking about different things that I have to deal with over my life. And this is where I look at faith in that position where I was starting in the very beginning of making this comment. Faith is something where we want to elevate when something awesome happens. Faith got me a house. My faith got pregnant. My faith. And so we build faith up in a position of only when things go good. But the truth of the matter is, is I look back at my life and all the things that were difficult and ugly and the challenges and the hate and the and and the just the evil through my journey just like y'all the different things the only reason why I'm here is because of faith see it's on the map, mountaintop and it's in the valley that faith carried me through the times of of being in a position of, what the heck is going on? Why me? My faith carried me through. My faith has been down at the lowest low and the highest high. My faith is not something that just turned on because I got a blessing. 
My faith is going to carry me through the tough times and see the only reason why I'm here, the only reason why I'm the way I am is because my faith is with me all the time. Not just here. Listen, with my faith, with my faith, with my faith, without my faith, with my faith, without my faith, with my faith. And then he goes on and talks about all these imperfect people, except Enoch. Not Abel, I can, Abel, Abel too. Abel, the first, you know, child, and then Cain killed Abel. Enoch, God, God loved him so much, he's like going, oh, forget it, just come up here. I can't even, I can't even think about that. It's like, that's crazy stuff. Where he's like, oh, no, that's a hot. I just, you, you're too awesome for me. Can you imagine that? I can't wait to meet some of these people. I mean, serious. I want to meet Enoch. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people in here. But we look at this roll car and I start seeing people. I'm going, they're in here and they are major screw-ups. We talk about Abraham, the father of our faith. Sold his wife twice sold his wife two times to save his butt. Abraham, father of our faith. We look at him and we see a guy that, he, he had some issues. We don't want to look at it that way, but he had some issues. God called him 75 years old, 75 years old, and said, hey, follow me. We're going to go someplace you've never been before, but you trust me, I'm going to tell you great things are going to take, great things are going to happen in your life. You're going to have a kid, you're going to have, you're going to be the father of many nations. What was his life like? Sarah's barren. She could not have kids. For 25 years, Abraham's walking with God. 25 years. There ain't no kid, but he's been going on a journey. You see, what, what, what's going on? See, God is walking with Abraham, and they're getting to know one another. This life is not when I have a relationship when God does something for me. I have a relationship, period. And I have a walk with him. And we walk, and we talk, and we live life together. And we go through ups and downs. But one thing I know for positive fact is, is he is with me. Doesn't matter. He's with me. Abraham's going through this process with God. And he's, and he's, and he's screwing up. He blows it. And, and Sarah, I mean, Sarah goes through some messes. And she's not believing. And she, she's all a mess. But you read chapter 11, you think Sarah is awesome. Because it was like, oh, yeah, I believed. I got a baby. And you're thinking, no, you, Sarah, you need to read this because you ain't that way. Abraham's like, and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And Abraham is all that. Are you kidding me? You sold your wife twice and you slept with the maid and had a baby. And he's in, the, he's in this roll call of faith. 
And then it goes on and on and on. You're looking at Moses and you're, they, you're like, oh my gosh, Moses wasn't all that. He murdered a guy and he's doing this. You get to, you get to Noah and Noah's like, oh, Noah, no, okay, righteous, righteous. The dude liked wine. I mean, he gets off the ark and gets drunk. First thing he does, I'm gonna make me some wine. Boone's Farm, baby. I don't even think it was Boone's Farm. It was Mad Dog, probably. See, I wasn't a Christian, I tell you. And so here he is, and he's in the roll call. All these people are in the roll call of faith. Even people that, that talk about great, mighty faith, and you're listening to people like what? Gideon? Gideon. What, what, what was Gideon about? Well, he conquered an army of 142,000 with 300 men. He did what? He didn't do that. What did it? His faith in God did that. Gideon was like going, angel comes to see him. Hey, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like going, who are you talking to? I ain't no mighty warrior. Just like we do. God's word speaking to you. And you're like going, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Gideon ultimately lines up with the voice of that word. And he was able to overcome 142,000 with 300 people. Started off with 32,000. And God said, nope, too many, too many, too many, too many, till it was 300. God's like going, with me, it, this is a me thing. You just believe me. And then you got Barack, not Obama. You got Barack, and remember I talked about Deborah? Well, Barack is, is the general where Deborah calls him forward and says, hey, go take on, go take on the Canaanites. We need to be delivered. God said, we're gonna be delivered from them. And Barack's like going, no. If you go, I'll go. He's saying that to Deborah. I ain't going unless you go with me. Deborah's, Deborah's like this awesome prophetess judge in the Bible. I mean, she's got to be the coolest, one of the coolest women on planet Earth in history. And she's like going, all right, but I'm going to tell you right now, if I go with you, you ain't getting the glory. They're like, a woman won this. That's what she said. A woman won this war. You want this? And he's like going, I ain't going unless you go. He didn't care. He wanted Deborah. She was like, all right, I'm going to get the glory, though. But God threw Barack a bone and, and list him in the mighty heroes of faith. And you're thinking, why is he there? Because he trusted God's word. Now, each one has this different level of trust, but it's trusting. I'll trust, but you better hold my hand. I'll trust, but you better be with me. I'll trust. Listen, people, I'm trying to help you. You don't have an excuse. The word of God is showing you. Enough's enough. It's time to get a hold, just bulldog, hold this word, and don't let no one grab it from you. Get hold of it and just know that you know that you know. And get aggressive with this stuff. The world's going to get aggressive with you. It's time for us to stand up. Time for us to be tough. 
Not back down, not whimper, not whine, not run away. We're mighty warriors. I said, we're mighty warriors. Ooh, that word just came up. The word of God said this in Hosea. Let the weak say, I am strong. What? Let the weak, in the Hebrew, it's, it's those that are, the condition of their lives are beat up and just they're, they're overwhelmed and, and tired and, and just this position, just is like, we can't do anything. And it says, let you that are in that position say, Hebrew literally means to aggressively command yourself. Let the weak aggressively command yourself that you are Gabor. In the Hebrew, mighty warrior. Also use the term a hero. There's my hero. Let the weak say, I am a mighty warrior. That's what God's word is talking to y'all. That's why I say, be great today. That's why I say you can do all things. Why? Because the word says you can. That's why I'm showing you Hebrews where they're in a, they're 20 years of walking with the Lord and they're like going, it's just so tough. We have to stand in the faith. You know what these scriptures are telling them? You will receive the promise. You will will receive the promise. It never said, you know what? You're just going to have to keep holding on. It doesn't say any of that. It said, you will receive the promise. Not you might. If you have any translation that says might, it's not the right word. In the, in the Greek language, it's, it's tied to will and the will of God, which does not change. So when he says, you will receive the promise, it's it's a done deal. So you need to start recognizing dragging your feet ain't working anymore. Start walking toward this is my promise. This is my word. This is God's will. And I'm not letting go of it. I'm going to keep confessing it. I'm going to keep believing it. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what Grandma Bertha says. I don't care what anybody says. I know what I believe and I know what I'm going to confess. And no matter how many times I confess and people say, you said that last week. You said that last year. You said that a month ago. You said that five years ago. I don't care. The word of God says it belongs to me. And I promise you that word will happen because it's the word of God for your life. Father, we thank you for that word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we believe, we believe, we believe. I love you so much. And I know your people love life, loves you. We hear your word. And we are going to do your word. We have been challenged this morning by you, Father. And that challenge, that challenge gets us to commit. It gets us in a position where we need to change some things in our lives that have been causing us to waver, to become weak. That's not who we are. We are the mighty ones of God. We are the heroes. We are the mighty warriors. 
the heroes of faith prove a point to us, and that is they've gone through messes, they've gone through mistakes, they've broken your covenant, they've broken your word, they've broken your will, but they came to the place where they believed. They let their past go, and they believed. They let their messes go, and they believed. And because of that belief, because of that confession, because of that stance of faith, you, Father, because your word says so, you wipe that stuff clean. You wipe their messes clean, and all you remember and all you acknowledge is the good things they're doing. That's what we believe, and that's what we will stand on. Every morning is a new day. And every day we get up, we will be great in it. And we will confess the word. And we will stand for the truth of the word of God. And we will remind ourselves that the promises of God are yes and amen. And we're not going to waver. We're not going to back off. We're going to continue to move forward no matter what the world says, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what, the, what anybody says out there. We are going to be successful because we've been made successful because of Jesus. And we honor you and we thank you for it and we give you the glory and praise for it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.